Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you hit that subscribe button and I hope you're digging what we're doing here. Lord knows I've been digging what I've been doing lately, including getting all these new five-star reviews for helping people do what I love the most. No, not talking about old wrestling, but that's second talking about helping families just like yours save tens of thousands of dollars at savewithconrad.com. Is what we're talking about. We would love to help you save some cash right now. If you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, there's never been a better time to save money than right now. Just past my 19 year anniversary in the mortgage business. And I've never been able to offer rates as low as I can right now. I've also never been licensed in as many states. If you can hear my voice, there's a good chance I'm licensed in your state. And it's free to find out how much money you can save right now at savewithconrad.com. And how's this for starters? No house payments for two months. But don't take my word for it. Just ask Joseph in Alexandria, Virginia. He gave us a five-star review and said, fantastic service, great attention to detail, simple and easy process. How about over in Perryton, Texas? Darrell says, Conrad, David, and Jennifer were complete professionals, and I had recommended them already to a couple. I couldn't put them over more if I tried. Thank you again for helping us out in a major way. I won't forget it. What about up in Gallatin, Texas? William gave us a five-star and he says, Jimmy did a fine job keeping me informed, working through a couple of unique things involving our original loan. Would be sure to recommend this fine team to anyone. How about Christina moving down from New York City? Yep, she wrote, as first time home buyers coming from out of state, naturally this is a very stressful process, but save with Conrad was a blessing. The entire team is helpful, courteous, and just made the entire experience so much easier and more pleasant than it could have been I can't thank save with Conrad enough. Thank you for everything you've done for my family. The reviews keep on coming guys. Five-star reviews one after another. You're going to save a boatload of cash. If you're in a 30 year loan, we're going to show you how to pay your house off faster. And with cheaper monthly payments, maybe you've been throwing your money away on rent. You don't need a huge down payment or perfect credit to buy a house. We can help you make it happen right now. And maybe best of all, if you've got credit card debt, I can save you five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention interest rates in the twos? Can't believe that's real, but just last week we locked a bunch of new loans with interest rates in the twos. My only advice to you is hurry. Barry Habib is the foremost expert on interest rates. You've probably seen him on every cable news service. Just last week, he advised that we're on borrowed time with these rates. The time to act is now. Get ahead of this. You're going to be kicking yourself. You missed this once in a lifetime opportunity. Keep more of your own money. Go to savewithconrad.com right now before it's too late. There's no better time to say I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate stevensinger.com. And you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. 
Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't be here without the host with the most. He is the founder of the Four Horsemen. He is the Hall of Famer himself. He is the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? I'm the luckiest man alive. Got a lot to be thankful for. And getting to do this podcast with you every week is one of them things. Uh, so I'm great. Hope you are as well. I do before we get started. Just want to wish my friend Brandy all the best. I hope she's getting stronger all the time and, and kicking out of that, uh, terrible virus. I'm so proud of how hard she worked to get well. And, uh, that promise is still there. First time we're close to you, kiddo, you're going to be my guest at the show. And it looks like things are getting a little bit better every week. So. Look forward to uh, seeing you soon. Me too, man. Uh, of course we met Brandy over at adfreeshows.com. As a reminder, you can get all these shows early and ad free and Arn, you actually met her doing a zoom call and you got to hear her testimony and, and what wrestling meant to her. And this has been a fun little ride, what we're doing at adfreeshows.com. It, it's more than just a live experience and, and bonus content. I mean, we're developing real relationships with some of our, our friends over there changed my life. And when I did the last zoom and got to see everybody's face that I was talking to, and you know, they said more than once that they're, they're glad to be part of the the family, the zoom family and, uh, on the ad free, uh, you know, shows. So I tell you what, if they're starting to feel like that now, I know I'm not the only one and it does feel like we're creating friendships and relationships and, you know, we can entertain each other and, uh, help each other get through life in some rough times. Uh, no doubt. And uh, I'm glad that we got it going and I'm glad you guys are tuned in this week for another hashtag. Ask Arn anything. Arn, we've got so many questions. There's no way we'll get to them all, but I'm looking forward to tackling as many as we can. Um, how many this week? Hundreds. It's hundreds every week. Hundreds. God, it's amazing. Uh, Ryan beams wants to know any good Wahoo stories. Yes. Wahoo drank a lot of crown Royal. Uh, Wahoo was a man's man. Wahoo actually ran a more than a marathon. This is the story. If I've got it right, correct me, Conrad. I think he, when he was in college, ran a 30 mile ran 30 miles for a hundred dollar bet, like out in the desert somewhere or something, some ridiculous amount. Now this was when he was just in college or coming out of college. Uh, 
course, he played for the Jets, which means he's a hell of an athlete. And let me tell you, when I first got to Charlotte, my first, I think the first title that I held, I beat Wahoo for it, which was my first TV title run. And, buddy, he made me earn it. Those chops of his were the real deal. Only problem was he had a bad shoulder. So he would chop you anywhere from the top of your forehead to the bottom of your goozle. And you never knew where it was coming. So, uh, you know, he just was a, was a, was a very good, uh, person, good human being, loved his fishing, loved his hunting. He was a man's man and, uh, a credit to the business. The, uh, the famous story you're talking about happened, uh, think between 57 and 59 here's a quote i've been running 10 miles a day training for the wrestling team and i accepted a challenge from some people in the athletic dorm the bet was i could run from the front steps of the dorm in norman to the city limits of chikasha where i brutal brutally mispronounced that without stopping so i put on shorts and a t-shirt and took off at noon they followed me in a car to make sure i didn't stop it was brutal uh, finally, I reached the top of a hill below. There was Takasha 36 miles in exactly six hours. And I collected $185 for that 36 miles on a $185 bet. Who does that? Yeah. Wahoo. Nobody else. Good Lord. That's crazy. Well, I don't even know what you would compare that to. That's got to set the standard for everything. It's not like he was training and was 135 pounds. Wahoo probably weighed 230 at the time. Rick famously told me that, uh, same thing you started with. Wahoo loved crown Royal, but apparently later in life, he developed diabetes. And if he drank too much, he'd have to adjust his insulin after he'd been drinking. Probably not the best idea. No. <laughs> and, and it, and if I know Wahoo, he probably, if he was having a little seven with it, crown and seven, his fix would have been just take the seven out. <laughs> That'll get then, me right. Then, then it probably went to still not sugars. It's still not exactly right. All right. Well, lose the ice cubes. <laughs> Uncle J 89 says, Arn, what's the best match you ever saw in person? That's a great question. In person is a nice little qualifier in person. Wow. 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 I'll tell you one. It's a sleeper that, uh, glad he asked that good question. Um, uh, I saw Kane wrestle Kurt angle. And I hadn't been with WWE too long. And I don't remember the exact year, but they were really high on angle. They were really building him. And it was when Kane was about 330. And I mean, jacked with the mask. They went about 20, 25 minutes on TV with the story being Kane, being Kane the monster, but tripping up 
a little bit and allowing that ankle lock to be put on him several times. And I mean several times. And Kane obviously did what you thought Kane would be. He nodded his head back and forth. No, 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 no way. I'm going to tap out. No way. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Kane character and the person, uh, Glenn Jacobs. As we know, if you've got a mask covering your face, it's hard to see your facial facials and facials are where our money it's where our money lies in this business. It tells you when you're happy, when you're hurt, when you're sad, when you're hurting, when you're in trouble. All those emotions are conveyed through your face. Well, when you got a mask on, it's hard to do that. But some way, somehow, Kane was able to show me his frustration with that, with his bobbing of his head and the pain and the slapping of the mat, his whole body English during the course of that. Until finally, he did the unthinkable, and it was the first time he had ever done it. Kane tapped out to Kurt Angle. What a match. What a story. What a performance by both guys. But the fact that Kane was able to show me that frustration that I can't get this son of a bitch off me. This is Kane the monster now. Right. I got, I got to tap out. It was so satisfying as a wrestling fan. I can't tell you. I don't think anybody would have guessed that you would have had such a deep cut, but that's such a great story. Thank you for sharing that one. Oh, I enjoyed it. So I mean, when it was done, I was, I was as big a fan as anybody in the audience. I mean, I'm sure I, I came out of my chair. It was, it was great. Never forget it. Marcus Adams has a great question here. He says, whatever happened to the Mulkies? They were consistent enhancement talent in the TBS days. Any good Mulkey stories? They're either, uh, night watchmen at the Walmart down in Anderson, South Carolina, or they're in the state house in Washington. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere in between. Those guys got to be two of the toughest men alive because they took some horrible beatings on television. I mean, remember Gumby and Pokey, the toys. And when they won, by the way, it was huge. Oh my God. Again, I popped that one win is all they got. I'm pretty sure ever on television. Pretty sure that's right. And man, it, it was the talk of the wrestling world. I think forgot cause you just didn't do that. Right. TV time was too valuable and you just didn't do that. Um, I actually worked with one of those guys and I don't remember when or what year, or I just, I just can't place it, but I just, you know, I saw how this thing was evolving. You got to a point that they, they were there every week and getting pounded. But if I'm a fan at home, I'm going, but you know what? They keep showing up right after that beating last week. I'd have just said piss on this. I'm going back to my day job. <laughs> i join the national guard or the French foreign legion, or, you know, go crawl down in a sewer or something, but I am not getting beat up like that again next week. There they were. And, uh, so I decided I had like a single match with one of them and I, I said, I'm, I'm going to just 
try this because I wanted to make every time I wrestled on TV, I didn't want to just eat a guy up. Right. That, that got old real quick. I wanted to do something that no one would expect. So we locked up and I, I just kind of muscled him into the ropes and, you know, full of confidence, hundred percent that this guy was shitting in his pants already. He wasn't going to try anything. And, uh, when we broke, he slapped the piss out of me. Wow. That TV audience exploded. And, uh, <laughs> I let that sink in for about 30 seconds and he didn't follow up. He did the exact right thing. Matter of fact, he got away from me to the, like the farthest corner and was like kind of cowering in the corner. And I just looked around like, and those people went ape shit. And I said, it's all I need right there. Closed in, shut him down, beat him. We were done. But I think it was really a moment. It was, I didn't have to go off my feet. I didn't have to take it any further. It was just something nobody was expecting. And that's what we should be doing and used to do is take our audience on a, on a ride. And, uh, just that one thing for him. And he was backstage. It was like, he was almost hyperventilating, uh, but I was happy to do it for him and it, and it made the match and just helped me. And, uh, one of those things that you remember. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step. Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning gifts that say, I love you every single day backs with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to, I hate fast, free and safe shipping. Steven singer jewelers. That's I hate Graham Forsyth wants to know what show or event did you receive your biggest payday for? He's not asking for you to tell him the amount, but their particular show or event. Do you, do you remember your single biggest payday for a single show? Not the amount, but what, what the event was. Yeah. Let me think I can sort through that. Probably that would probably be WrestleMania five. No. For that time, it was it was a good payoff, but it was, um, believe it or not, I guess it was the it was for Crockett. It was for the one that that I basically quit on. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I had stated earlier on one of the podcasts, you know, it was half of twenty-five, and I think I had misquoted and said eleven-seven or something. Twelve-five, 
was exactly half of what Crockett had told me he was going to pay me. And uh, that's what I got. Should have supposed to have been 25, but it was 12.5. And I uh, guess that was still even the single biggest payoff I ever got. I never made the top money that that top guys made. I just, and hey, I'm not, I'm not complaining because it's a ton of money and a lot more than I'm worth, a lot more than that I should have coming. Um, it's more than uh, I'm qualified to make anywhere else in the real world. So I'm not lost on the fact that I've been very fortunate and I'm very grateful for the money I've made, but it was not, you know, anywhere near what most top guys have made in the business. You would be shocked if you looked at 20 years of my salary per year compared to what other guys made. It's pretty remarkable, you know, to talk about how much the money has changed. And I know there's a lot of guys out there beating the drum saying, oh, the wrestlers are grossly underpaid. And that's an argument for another day, I'm sure. But there's a, a considerable amount of the WWE roster who's, who's been established for a long time and blah, blah, blah. But just like a couple of their best years, and they would have eclipsed even more than what Rick made in his whole career. I mean, it's phenomenal. The money that's involved in this industry now. Yep. You bet. You bet it is. And it's, uh, you always, the one thing I always had to do is, is when things were going in my mind, not as good as they should have, or I felt like I should ask for something or, you know, I would always go now, okay, let's evaluate this. You're worth about probably about, if I go back to cutting meat, I'm worth about 30 grand per year out in working my ass off in a freezing cold freezer. If I sell cars, probably less than that. Uh, you know, I'm really not qualified to make a lot out in the uh, real world where people are really having to budget their money and work their ass off and get all the overtime they can get and, and make ends meet, you know, I just need to crawl back in my shell and shut up. I'm very fortunate. It's a good perspective. Being thankful for what you have is, is always a great perspective. And I am, um, Leon wants to know when you were wrestling, how hard was it to do your taxes? Since we're talking about money. I thought we'd stay there. I don't think some of our maybe younger listeners have ever thought about this, but if you're wrestling in different states, boy, that really complicates all the different documents you have to gather, right? Not really. When you got a wife that does everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing about it is Tim Horner, uh, who, who has been a really a lifelong friend of mine. Uh, he was my first roommate in the business. He allowed me to move in when I was, you know, went to work for Watts and I didn't know shit from Shinola about the way to conduct yourself, you know, in the business. And he really taught me a lot as far as, okay, you live here and here's why it's the center point of the territory. It'll cut down on your drive and da, 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 da. Number one, you need to have a roommate cause you need to split expenses and all these different things. And he said, the first thing I'm going to tell you, you know, I don't know you at all, but I'm just going to give you some advice. Get you a uh, financial advisor. And I'm going, well, shit, I ain't making any money. Why do I need a financial advisor? Get you an accountant. 
and do not, I repeat, do not ever hesitate from paying your taxes. Pay them before you pay anything else. A lot of guys get in trouble letting it go, thinking they'll get to it on the next big payday and they'll send them some money and they end up getting two or three years behind and they're ruined financially. Uh, he said, pay your taxes. And I never wavered on that. If anything, I pay overpaid. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know, they would send each state would send you the, the deal in the mail and, uh, how much you had made in each state and, uh, you would get all that stuff together. And we would, we always had an accountant, um, and we took it to them and made sure that you paid all those taxes. If you were trying to do it yourself, it could be a mess. That's why I think you need to have a professional and always pay your taxes. If anything, overpay them because it'll just float over to the next quarterly, but pay your taxes out there, guys, if you're, li if you're listening, that can catch you up and ruin your life if you wait a year or two. Vertigo 214 says, How over was exotic Adrian Street in Continental? Boy, that's a name we haven't talked about much here on the show. From what I hear, he was way over. Um, and a tough son of a bitch, too. Did you know that? I did know that. I uh, actually used to catch a little bit of Continental as a little kid on TV there in Prattville, Alabama. We would get it off of a Montgomery station. Some of those European shooters, buddy, were bad apples. And, uh, you know, he was one of them. And I guess when you have a gimmick like he's got, you better be tough. Because, you know, back in those days, you didn't really kiss a guy in the ring. And even just it was meant as an insult from him. But still, you kiss a guy in the ring back in those days, and I'm talking you know, late seventies and early eighties, pretty good chance in some of these towns on the way back from the ring, somebody was going to try you because that was not model behavior back then. And, uh, but I heard he was a real good shooter for those who don't know what a shooter is. He's a hooker, which if you don't know what that is, <laughs> he's a guy that'll take you down and sugar you. If you don't know what that is, he'll hook you behind your head and push your, your uh, head forward and you will either bust a blood vessel in your eye or shit your pants or both. So really nasty, mean, but knowledgeable, just like Dean Malenko was trained by the gotchas and that whole crew and Dean and his brother, all shooters and hookers, Billy Robinson, killer, uh, all the gotchas is just, uh, it was something that's, it's almost like a subculture within professional wrestling, who the shooters and the, and the hookers were. Let's talk about a guy who was another legitimate badass, and boy, it's about your favorite topic that just won't die. It's about burgers. The question is, and this is from rogue time. Lord one hell of a handle there. If Ming made you lunch, so we're talking, he actually physically made you a burger. And he didn't know the rules and he put cheese on it and brought it to you. Would you just feel like you had to eat it? Cause Ming made it. Or would you have the sack to scrape it off and take your lumps? If Ming made it, if Ming made you a cheeseburger and didn't know, oh, there he is at the door. So answer carefully. I'd eat a, I'd eat it with a turd on it. If he made, <laughs> if he made it. <laughs> 
That's what I thought you'd say. That's the only possible answer. That's the only possible answer. Oh yep. my God. And I would not turn my nose up at whatsoever. It would be something like, mm, <laughs> outstanding King. My goodness. Anthony Turner senior wants to know, you got any great Barry Wyndham stories? Uh, just Barry was living, living life in this business to the fullest extent. Barry Wyndham. There's a picture. Look it up. Uh, six foot five, six foot six, whatever, long blonde hair. Uh, single. Can drink like a fish, and you'll never know he's hammered. Doesn't drink all night long. Driving a white Porsche around everywhere. I mean, Barry Wyndham lived the life, and he used his television time you know, to it, to its fullest extent, you know, Barry was a guy that went out and he would go out, stay all night. Uh, if he was making a trip, he'd probably drink, you know, dozen beers and, and probably 150, 200 mile trip. Never looked like anything was happening or anything was wrong. I never saw him shit faced ever, ever. But pick you up if you were animal size set you on the top rope superplex you off the top barry windham could just do it all and he just you know he used this business and uh what it was meant for it during his off hours he used his notoriety and all that stuff to you know women loved barry you know and you could see even when he was with us and he was a heel and he was a nasty bastard, man. Those girls went crazy over him. So he's a guy that really enjoyed the business and the business enjoyed having him. He was a credit to the business. Let's, uh, let's talk about Rocky King. we got another question. We've never really talked about him. Craig Fightmaster wants to know any good Rocky King stories. I have one. <laughs> Okay, you're going to have to picture this. Okay. Now, <clears throat> show finishes in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I think I'm with Bobby Eaton. I think we're riding together. And uh, the, way, the way you go to Charlotte from Fayetteville is there's some back roads and shortcuts involved first part of the trip and it's some pretty dark two-lane roads i'm trying to think it's called old wire road and it it cuts off between 74 and 401 i believe i've got my numbers right and it saves you about 20 miles on a 140 mile trip which is pretty good savings uh so we're going down the road and I see this car in front of us and he's got the dome light on and he's not going very fast, but you know, it's, I think it's 55 mile an hour speed limit and he's doing about 40. So we come up behind him and I start to look and it's, I see it's boogie woogie man and he's in the passenger seat and somebody's driving, and I can't tell who it is. 
So pull up, start to go around him. I get a stretch of road. I pull up to pass him. I look over, and it's Rocky King. And he's driving boogie. That's fine. Well and good. Young boy, veteran. The problem is boogie's got a handful of cards in both hands. He has somehow convinced Rocky that they can play cards and gamble going down the road and he'll just hold Rocky's hand for him. Oh my gosh. I find this story out the next day talking to Boogie because they didn't put us over for shit. They never even looked our way. So Boogie is discarding for him and everything that goes into a game of poker, I guess, (laughs) and playing for money. Um, I never talked to rock about it, but I wanted so bad to tell him, you know what? I hate to bust your bubble and I love boogie too. You may be getting cheated. (laughs) Not sure. Just saying. Hypothetically. Potentially. Dial nine, seven, six Cecil. That's a hell of a handle here. It says bash at the beach. 96, you and Benoit face Sullivan and the giant. It seems like Benoit and Sullivan were shooting on each other. After the match giant came out from the back and yelled, what are you doing? You reached for Sullivan, but he smacked you away. What can you tell us about this match? That's another one of those deals where it's kind of like Brian Pillman and that, that Sullivan thing. Yeah. Yeah. You never knew what was what, right? Part of it was a shoot. Part of it was a work. All of it was a shoot or all of it was work. And I never knew which I really didn't, you know, Pillman, I know was nuts, but to the degree that he brought it to work with him, I could never figure it out. Even more so when I found out that the thing with Nancy and Benoit was legit, it it complicated it even more for me. Um, It was like I was caught in the middle of something that I should have known everything about, but I was kept in the dark on about 50% of it. And I didn't want to push it because I knew that this thing was legitimate. And then now you're talking about getting involved in a guy's personal business, which I've never done. Families are exempt. They're out of the discussion where the business is concerned. They're innocent. They're civilians. You don't, you don't get involved in a guy's personal life. So it was just one of those things that I didn't know, you know, how much was, was these guys are, are knocking. I know this up close. They're knocking the piss out of each other. Right. That, that I know I can attest to. And just as the fallout, if you tried to get in there, just getting involved in their match, they'd knock the piss out of you too. So I learned that pretty quickly to keep my head low on that stuff. But that was that whole period was a jumbled up mess and it had everybody confused. All right, listen up, stinky. It's time to put down the cigarettes. It's 2020. Get with the program, throw away your vape, throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. Now, if you've been under a rock the last few weeks, we've been telling you about Lucy nicotine. It's a company founded by some Caltech scientists and former smokers who were looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. 
finally, we have tobacco alternatives that don't suck. They researched this thing for like three years. Be sure it's made for people, not patients. And now they've got some really tasty flavors. Yeah. How about that for a bonus? Not only will you not stink, the flavors are pretty good. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine. Comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They've even got lozenges. That's right. Us rednecks call them cough drops, but I guess technically they're lozenges. Also the same four milligrams of nicotine, but this time in a cherry ice flavor. They all taste great. They're convenient. They're discreet. You can use these products and enjoy them anywhere, literally from a flight to work, even on the go or heck at the gym. And I got to tell you, this is a product that's near and dear to me. My parents grew up being slaves to cigarettes and everything we did in our life was determined by where could we smoke? Whose house could we go to where we could smoke? What restaurants had smoking sections? Whose car could we ride in that we could smoke? It was, it was terrible. Don't do that. Get your freedom back. Try Lucy nicotine gum. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy, by the way, will come directly to your door each month. It's so simple. You don't even have to leave the house because Lucy has delivery down. And right now you can get a great deal. Arn listeners can go to lucy.co and use promo code Arn to get 20% off all their products, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use the promo code Arn at checkout. Also, I have to read this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Duh. Here's what you really need to know. Lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code ARN. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving here. Liberty above all wants to know who would win in a shoot Brock Lesnar or Bobby Lashley. Well, I don't know. I've never seen Bobby. Uh, now I know he's had some MMA fights. I've never seen him. Um, and I regret that I haven't, I haven't seen him do that. And it would probably come down to a, if they got in a bar fight type scenario, it would probably evolve into a MMMA. How many M's did I put in that? You put enough. You put enough. One M too many. No, two's plenty. Three's all right. Nobody's going to correct you. You're on fucking Anderson. I appreciate that. Tell that to my wife. <laughs> well, you're not to her. You're Marty freaking Lundy to her. Oh, yes. But to us, that's, you're Arn Anderson. We're not going to correct you. That's another can of worms. Yeah. I went from having no identity to having two. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Who could ever say? I guess the first one that got got really tagged, you know, would lose. Yeah. You know, they have a saying and, you know, Whoever said it, I'm not sure if it was Mike Tyson or whoever. Oh, but, I know where you're going. You know, everybody's got a plan until they get hit. Yep. That's Mike Tyson. That's life. Yes, it is. A lot of, that's why it's always imperative. Two things about fighting. Don't be scared and be the first one to strike. Freshwater uh, Aristotle wants to know what tag team had the best finisher in your opinion? Um, uh, road warriors was pretty impressive. Uh, power and glory had a yep. nice one. Yes, sir. That's one of your favorites, right? I love it. Did you ever meet Hercules? I did not. Really nice man. Really was very intense. Paul Roma listens to the show, by the way. Oh, really? Yep. Well, hello, Paul. Hello there. 
I uh, hope you're doing well. Um, those guys, you know, they look great, Paul, you know, he could do some incredible stuff and, and that finish was good with those guys. Uh, they were a good team too. seemed to jail really well. Um, I said road warriors, correct. Yep. Uh, help me out, Conrad, who had some really good finishes. Well, I mean, similar to the road warriors, that Steiner brother, top rope bulldog was kind of cool. Um, it, it was, uh, any setup that involved Bobby Eaton coming off and dropping that knee off the top midnight express rocket launcher, you know, or that, or the rocket launcher and the press off into the splash. I mean, they were all good. They were all polished moves, uh, to bring it current. Uh, I think a lot of fans like the shatter machine from FTR. I, I forget the name of what they're calling it right now, but I, it's always been branded to me as the shatter machine. So that's probably what I'll always call it, but that's a pretty cool finish. Yeah. I like that. I was kind of partial to the spike pile driver. Yeah. Can't, can't remember who used that couple of guys. Yeah. They did. Okay. Yeah. They did all right for themselves. So yeah, that comes to mind that, that, that group of finishes. <laughs> Uh, Ralph wants to know if you and Tully didn't leave JCP, would you have liked to seen a horseman versus the midnight express war games match? Of course it would have been maybe challenging to imagine a war game match happening between just two tag teams, but the idea of you and Tully taking on the midnights in a cage match, man, that could have been something else. Yeah, that I have no doubt in my mind that would have been a six to eight month program. With Jimmy thinking and us thinking and planning and mapping that thing out, it would have been it would have been well done. It would have built properly. It would have uh because it was it was a first. You know, Heels, top heel teams just didn't fight each other back then. And it would have been a first and it would have been unique and we could have made that really fly. You couldn't have had a war games match because you don't have enough players, but you could have certainly had a series of cage matches and, and, and a couple of gimmick matches um, and make, kept the thing interesting when you needed it. It wouldn't have been jammed in there just to be having it. It would have built to a cage match and you could have bet four guys would have probably bled to death. Let's get to another question here. This one is from, you're going to love this one. Matt wants to know, does Arn get his beard professionally styled and groomed, or does he have a steady hand and do it himself? I don't know about the steady hand, but I do it myself. Yes. Uh, it bothers me when it gets too thick. I really you know, like itches, irritates me. So I like to keep it pretty close. And uh, when you got a big fat face, like I do, you got to have your line, your jaw line, right? Or boy, you really look like a, you look like a friggin' uh, coconut with a hula skirt on or something. You got to keep it trimmed. A hula skirt. Uh, this is a fun one. Were We've you got- just picturing that? I was. We're back on food here. Marky Mark wants to know better barbecue, Memphis or Kansas city. Hmm. Do you, do people really want to, does he really want to know my, my food specialties? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by that, that people are interested in that. 
Um, I don't know. I tell you what I like, and maybe that you could tell me where they have it. I like brisket, but with no sauce. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Dry rub on the ribs, baby backs, or Kansas City, no sauce. Just charred enough to where they're starting to get a little bit crunchy. No sauce at all. And is this one of those, the sauce overpowers the meat deals, or is it, I don't want the sugary calories, or I just don't like the taste? I just don't like any, you know, we can make this across the board. Any sauce slash anything, cheese, mayo, everything. I put mayo like a ham sandwich or a turkey sandwich, very light mayo, just enough to get a little bit of taste. When the sauce overwhelms the meat, it's out. Copy that. Joe wants to know, Arn, what did you think of the spinner belts? Not a fan. Putting showbiz where it don't belong. Being a champion means it needs to look like a championship belt. We don't need to have sparklers tied to it or have it spinning. Championship means you're the best at what you do in the world or on television or in a tag scenario. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Great question here from Tad Brown. Did you or any other wrestlers, you know, have a personal ritual you would do before a match, not like stretching or anything like that, but more of a superstition. I've seen a lot of guys going and, and I can't tell you who, but a lot of guys go on a knee and, you know, cross themselves and stuff like that. Um, a lot of guys would go and get their back to everything and find a little dark corner and, and almost drop their head. I don't know if they were praying or going over what they were wanted to do or getting their head together or just getting revved up or could have been any combination or all of that. But everybody had a, a warming up ritual that I saw. The only one that I even heard about, which is the entertaining one is Jack Briscoe. Are you familiar with this? No. I'm talking to talking to Rick. I don't know this one. Jack would be at the bell would be ringing for the world champion, which was him to go to the ring. And he would stand up out of his chair, put his cigarette out, walk over to the wall, about two, one quarter push-ups against the wall and head to the ring. That was his warm up. Two, one quarter push-ups. I'm talking about no tricep involved whatsoever. Well, all right. I mean, it was clearly working. He had a hell of he's a career. Ja- he, hey, he's Jack Briscoe. Right. If you didn't like it, do something about it. <laughs> I don't know that anybody was going to try to do that. Uh, John no. wants to know who was the worst dressed wrestler in real life. Probably cactus. Yeah. I mean, that's the answer. Everybody's got to go to. I mean, it's just sweatpants and a t-shirt, right? The rib was on us though. It became such a part of him and his gimmick. You had to leave it alone. So he was able to show up at work in his pajamas and get no heat for it. And everybody, everybody else was business casual, right? Super comfortable ironing stuff. I mean, 
it's a whole process. Meanwhile, as you said, he's just, uh, rolling up in his pajamas, comfortable as all hell. Sometimes with feet in them. I really hope that that was the case. Feet. That'd be feet in his, now I'm making a joke, yeah. But, but yeah, pajama bottoms and a, and a flannel shirt. Let's he's go. good to go. Oh man. Uh, what about the, uh, moon dogs? Eric wants to know, did you ever work with the moon dogs spot or Rex? Big rugged guys. Uh, saw them work a few times. I think I wrestled Randy Colley one time. Um, in a little spot show when I was working for, uh, Georgia championship wrestling, when Ole, when it was his company and I went to, uh, Atlanta with Matt Bourne and Paul Ellering. And I, after Matt got fired, I think I had one single match down and could have been Macon or somewhere with Randy. And it was just one time, but I mean, I was aware of them. I saw them work as a team. They spent a lot of their time in Memphis. I think. Great question here about travel. Uh, all in Mike 51 wants to know how many pairs of trunks or boots would you pack on a typical weekly loop? And of course the question comes because a lot of times after the show, well, I think fans just assume, oh, well, they just finished in this town. They'll probably go back to their hotel and fill out the dry cleaning tab and send it down to be laundered. And then the next day they'll make their way to the next town after a little, you know, late breakfast. Well, that's not reality. Uh, tell everybody how that really worked. How many pairs of trunks or boots and how would you take care of those in the middle of that loop? If you're going to be gone, say seven days, right? This one never ended up biting us on the ass to my knowledge. It never did me. I, I won't say it didn't happen to other people, but for seven days, I would say you book about, uh, pack about three or four pair of tights, two pair of knee pads. And I only had one pair of boots that I carried. And that's the part that it's amazing since we're talking about it. It's a good question that, that I never had a boot blow out on me, walk out of a hotel and forget to pack my boots. Cause the first thing you did when you got back from a show, if you're going to go down to the bar and have a couple beverages or what, if you were going to go eat, or if you were just going to go straight to bed when you got back, it didn't matter. But if you were, even if you drove 300 miles and got to the town at five in the morning, it, same routine, unpack your bag, fold your boots down, lay all your stuff out and take your tights and wash them out in the sink and hang them up and let them dry every night, period. Uh, so that stuff would dry out overnight. And uh, because there's nothing worse and it got, as much heat on you as, as a lot of things, not as much as being a thief or reckless, but maybe being a loud mouth or a smart ass or being late all the time or being disrespectful, maybe in the locker room a little bit or something. This was right up there with that group of, of shenanigans. If you had stinky gear in those close quarters, that was heat because it literally took three minutes to throw them in a sink, run it full of hot water, take some shampoo and wash your tights out and then let them dry overnight. You got get it. You could get two wear, two wears out of them at least that way, even with them getting stretched out and all that other stuff, you can still get two wears. So 
you know, for a seven day run, if you had four pair of tights with you, you were pretty golden. Your knee pads would get stretched out a little bit and they'd need to go in a dryer, washed and then a dryer. Uh, so you always brought an extra pair of knee pads. That was my formula. One of the things I enjoy most about our podcast is that it's all about nostalgia. It makes me think about, you know, being a kid and growing up as such a big wrestling fan and growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but most of us had to give it up when we realized it's full of sugar and junk that we really shouldn't be eating. But then when you realize, Hey, if I cut out all the carbs and the sugar, man, there, there's nothing I can even eat anymore, but you still need to eat breakfast, right? I mean, we've always heard it's the most important meal of the day. And that makes sense. You know, if you, if you start your, uh, your engine going the right way in the morning, you're going to be more productive at work. You're going to get more shit done, but how do we make this happen? Magic spoon. Magic spoon is a sponsor of this podcast. And I got to tell you, we are a fan in the Thompson household. And here's why you're going to dig it. Zero sugar. 12 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs in every serving. They've also got four really badass flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. It tastes amazing. It almost feels too good to be true. It's keto friendly. It's gluten free. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and it's GMO free. Uh, I have absolutely fell in love uh, with magic spoon. My wife is a big fan of fruity and, and you can probably guess what that tastes similar to. I'm a big fan of cocoa. Uh, our daughter really likes blueberry. You're going to love it too. Find out which one you like the best. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash 83 weeks, grab a variety pack and try them all today. Be sure to use that promo code 83 weeks at checkout. You're going to get free shipping for that. We should mention magic spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed by 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash 83 weeks and use the promo code 83 weeks for free shipping. And we thank magic spoon for sponsoring the podcast. We believe in it. You will too. Try the cocoa buddy. You're going to dig it. Magicspoon.com forward slash 83 weeks. Another interesting one here from Ben. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about it. Any good ravishing Rick rude stories. Um, well, I've, I've told the one about the lifting weights yeah. asleep, asleep. That one pretty much made the rounds. And I've actually had a couple of guys go, you know, I wasn't aware that I was, that's what I was seeing. But now that you say it, I've seen that too. And I don't even remember it was who, who said that. Um, Rude was one of those guys that uh, he was, he was pretty quiet be honest with you and but very intense uh he was very business-like in his thought process and his dealings about the business he got to the gym every day no matter what and obviously you can look at the end result man what a look he had incredible uh, and he had his routine he had his way of getting that character over and he stuck to it and it was like you would Rick has been accused of doing a lot of the same moves during, during a match and having matches look similar. Rude's was the same way. Well, what everybody doesn't, doesn't think about or understand is that's what people want to see them do. Right. So that's why they did them every night and you would put them in, you know, the, the key was to put them in different places and get into the setups differently. But 
he had that character figured out. He knew who Ravishing Rick Rude was. Um, and he was, you know, he kind of kept to himself. A lot of times Rude would, would travel alone, but he, uh, always enjoyed talking to him and, uh, getting his insight on stuff. Very friendly guy, hell of an arm wrestler. I mean, really like a hell of an arm wrestler. I think he won a bunch of tournaments before he got in the business arm wrestling tournaments and a tough son of a bitch from what I hear. I never seen him knock anybody out other than Warrior. When I was with WWF, I happened to be in the town that night that that, that happened. But other than that, I never saw him have a conflict or anything with the boys. This is a, a question that we've never really talked about before, but you were a big fan getting into wrestling and you know, these didn't even really exist when you were just a fan, but Graham wants to know what was it like seeing your own action figure in a store for the very first time? Well, it got sent to the house and I pulled it out of a box, saw it for the first time, but then to actually go into a uh, Walmart or target or somewhere and see a display of them and come back a, a couple of days later and that display had maybe it went from maybe you had 16 of them and and two days later you had one left you know because you were going to get some to, to keep for yourself and and whatever you know was pretty amazing to me it it never occurred to me that somebody would want a action figure of me i just said that never occurred to me uh t-shirts yeah i could see that if it's a t-shirt that a guy would wear but to have an action figure of me sitting in the room it just i don't know i just never looked at myself in in that light although they did jazz the body up a little bit so i was cool with that (laughs) (laughs) what did you think of uh i think tony shivani called it your flesh colored yarmulke not funny. And a, it was cool to be a body guy, even if it was in that action figure box. In plastic yeah, form. Yeah. It's like I, I saw the first one and it had the hairdo hollowed out on top. And I said, uh, went to the merchandise guy and went, hey, man, ain't these things supposed to make you look better than you are? I look like somebody just put a damn, uh, put my head on in a damn waffle iron or some shit. What, what's this all about? <laughs> Uh, and you know what? They came out with the next group and that had hair by God. Well, shit. Why don't they just give you a jacket, laser beams out of your eyes, long fingernails. I mean, if we're not going to do it true to life, I mean, why bother? So what are you saying? No hair, no hair. Well, they could have put you in a Yankees hat that would have been fine. I'd have been all right with that. The Yankees might've been a little bit hot. Okay. But- yeah. Well, I'm just saying. The flesh colored yarmulke was over for me as a kid. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget playing with those action figures. I had the Sid vicious and the Barry Windham and the flare and the sting and the Luger and the Arn Anderson with the flesh colored yarmulke. That was real. I liked it. So, so that really grabbed your interest, did it? Well, it was like, look how lifelike this is. Even the figures bald. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, I can talk like that since we're about 600 miles apart. <laughs> You know, you know what? And until you brought it up, I wasn't even aware I was losing my hair. So this is bullshit. <laughs> Better cut this one short. You're going to have a long day today. 
I'm I'm boiling right now. You mean my, I'm losing my hair? Uh, can you believe it? And the rumor is I'm fat. What the fuck? We got to get our shit together, Arn. Uh, Somebody's got their stories crossed. I don't know. JT wants to know what was it like working with Triple H as an executive? Did people like working with him? Did you ever see any friction between him and Shane? This is an interesting question, Arn, because we've all as fans seen what happened with the Triple H character and we know all of his great matches and stories and championships and all the accolades. But then we hear the business side of him when he does these conference calls promoting NXT and things like that. And I think people are a little curious about what he's like behind the camera. How how would you describe him as an executive? Well, I mean, he's he's following the lead of his father-in-law. He is putting forward the policies that Vince has laid out. I think he speaks well. I think he uh, has a good grasp on the business. But I've always dealt with him. You know, that's the thing. That's the one blessing that I've had. No one has asked me or have I volunteered to be in those meetings uh, where they involve just the business end of what we do. Mine was always matches, setting up matches, setting up angles, because he and I think a lot alike. Uh, I came from, from the era I came from, and I think he's a bit of a throwback as far as his work back to an 80 style worker. Would you agree to that? Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that could have fit in the eighties as far as the way he works. He's not a big high spot guy and all that stuff. So I dealt with him more on the mechanics of matches and things like that. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes he would ask my opinion on stuff. I didn't. I think he's always been in his mind and maybe it was the plan of the company for him to one day take over the leadership of the company. You know, who knows you've got Shane and, and Steph who would probably fall in line. If you really broke it down ahead of him, I would think since they are Vince's kids, but, but who knows they may, you know, Steph has her job as far as the branding and, Shane does his thing. Um, I don't know how it's lined up and you'll never know until the issue arises, you know, who exactly will, will run the company. Who knows? Let's, uh, let's pivot a little bit and, uh, talk about the Carolinas. Greg wants to know what Carolina small town did you enjoy visiting the most in the eighties? Rock Hill, because it's about 20 minutes from my house. Rock Hill, South Carolina. We actually did television there. And uh, it was at the college. And it was literally door-to-door, 20 minutes. It was the closest besides running Charlotte that I could get to actually have a day of work and be back home in 20, 25 minutes. And... uh, that was way cool. In those days when you were working all the time, that was like a day off. Clay Wright says some years back, I ran into Ole in an autograph session. He went into great detail about getting screwed out of a $25,000 payoff when he was kicked out of the horseman. Is this something that really happened or was he kayfabing me before? I've never heard the story. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he had had a conversation uh, with Jimmy 
about, you know, Ole's deal was totally separate from ours. Got to remember, you know, Ole was a owner. He was a booker. He was always a top guy. His negotiations would have been entirely different than a guy like mine. Uh, him agreeing to come back and work, he might have had a totally separate deal than the rest of us. Uh, I never heard that specific, you know, conversation. Um, and I don't think he would be thinking about the one, maybe he was referring to the, to the pay-per-view that, that, that we were talking about that we're supposed to get to 25 grand for. I don't know. That would be skipping way ahead, you know, and, and be talking hypothetically, who knows, but I don't know about that particular story. Let's do a few more here. Richard Kirk wants to know who within the business does the best Arn impression that you've heard. Oh gosh. I don't know. Bray Wyatt does a funny one of, of me looking out over my glasses and pushing my glasses up, <laughs> which I didn't even know was the thing. Um, that's really the only one that comes to mind, to be honest with you. Uh, Billy Wilson wants to know what was a bigger moment for you beating Ric Flair or beating Hulk Hogan? Oh, Hogan for sure. In Tampa. It's a big deal. Huge, huge. And, and Hey, I'm not a, I'm not a, we're wins and losses and, and, and that go, I'm not some, some guy that keeps up with all that stuff. And, you know, because my loss record is about 10 times bigger than my win record, but that one and the one that followed, even with all the shenanigans that went on is one that you can go back 15 years later and bring it up in a promo and people will remember it, believe it or not. And, uh, it was big to me because I saw the evolution of Hulk Hogan. I lived it. I lived through it. I saw it. And I saw what he meant and it. And I also saw that he didn't get beat very much. Right. You know, you could run over him with the, with a dump truck and then back over him. And I'm not sure he was going to stay down from that. And, uh, that was a big one for me. It really was, you know, in the Rick one with where we were going with the angle was a big deal too. I think it was a little bit of a shocker to people. Uh, I just wasn't. It wasn't, it was, it was bad guy against bad guy with Rick and I, or good guy and good against good guy. However you want to look at it, it was good versus evil with me and Hogan. So it had that panache. Those people were pissed. That was his hometown. NMLS number 65084 equal housing lender. Woo! Of course, by now, everyone has heard about the historically low mortgage rates. In fact, a lot of families are getting interest rates in the twos. That's right, the twos. But just last week, one expert said that we're on borrowed time with these low rates. So if saving money is important to your family, the time to act is now. Find out how much money you can save right now by getting a better rate, skipping your next two house payments, and cutting years of unnecessary payments off of your loan at SaveWithConrad.com. Uh, a couple more and then we'll wrap this one up. Sean wants to know what is Arn's thoughts about Jim Cornette ripping AEW? It's been pretty controversial. Well, Jimmy, like everybody else and every single person on this earth, they have a right to their opinion. 
I would just say stay true to whatever you truly believe. And you have a right to feel any way you want. You know, I have mixed feelings about a lot of things in this world, and you have a right to voice them. Uh, Jimmy has his way of, of looking at the business, and I respect a lot of that. I also think we all have to evolve, and we have to cater to some of what's already been, you know, introduced as far as higher impact moves and bumps and things of that nature and and just the sheer physical part of of how the business has evolved we have to accept that that's here and it's probably going to stay but i also do respect the fact that we have to protect the talent from themselves we got to protect the story that we're telling in the ring and we have to protect each other and i feel i do feel which I think Jimmy does too, is we've got to dial down a little bit of the danger and some of the things that town are doing, we got to protect them from themselves. Um, and in a lot of things, Jimmy, I share his thoughts about old school rules of the business. Um, and I'm certainly, you know, have my own way of looking at the business these days, but I do think we have to be flexible and our thought process and more or less get our finger on the pulse of which is most important. What does the audience want and listen to our audience and listen to what they say and, you know, give credence to, to everyone's point of view, because sometimes somebody entirely out of your loop will say something and you go, damn, I didn't even think about that. And it's right under my nose. And this could be your neighbor. It could be the person at the grocery store. It could be somebody at the gym. Uh, you got to be receptive to change. And everything changes, including our business. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving. We'll do two more, and then we'll wrap this one up. I want to try to end on a high note if we can. Was that a low note? No, not necessarily. I just know that, you know. Cornette can be polarizing one way or another. I listen to his podcast every week and I find him to be very, very entertaining, but I also know that he understands wrestling evolves and changes. I mean, he was a part of a lot of those changes. Uh, Craig Roy writes in an early show, Conrad asked Arn if he had any Abdul, the butcher stories, Arn paused for a second and said, yes, but the way he answered it made it seem like he was hesitant to talk about it. And then the subject was dropped and we never heard the story. So that's my bad Arn. Can you tell your Abdul the Butcher story? I don't remember us oh, moving oh. on from that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, and I never answered that. I guess that, not. Maybe I got distracted. That's on me. Well, don't, you know, I get some of these questions, you know, I get off on a tangent before I know it. It's been two minutes and I've been talking about the same thing. And I, maybe I didn't get back to the actual question. I apologize for that. When I was just a teenager, uh, and a friend of mine, Pee Wee Anderson, who became a referee and worked for a bunch of different companies and was one of my best friends at one time, my best friend growing up, but was about a hundred pounds soaking wet. We were, uh, went down to the matches on Thursday night in Rome, Georgia, where we lived. And now uh, we would have probably been, oh gosh, 17 maybe at the time. And so, just like everybody does. But back in the day, there was 
there weren't uh, bicycle racks creating the the pathway to and from the locker room and all that. Right. It was just a just a strand of rope. Remember those days? Yep. So we jumped Abdullah's fight. Now I, I want to say maybe Rocky Johnson or something, and they fought out to the floor. And now all of a sudden Abdullah is is bleeding and, and my God, he's gushing blood and he's sweating. And just like everybody else, Pee Wee and I ran over to the rope and we're cheering Rocky on and Abdullah all of a sudden wheeled around and just bug eyed as he could be growled is the best way I can, I can explain it at Pee Wee and I, and man, I almost fall, I almost fell down. And Pee Wee took off running. It scared the piss out of us. And uh, I'm looking up, and he's kind of bending over me, and like blood's dripping out of his head. And I went, Jesus Christ, I've had enough of this. Terrified me. So I get up, and I run back through that aisle of people, and I see him. He's over, and, and he's standing against the wall, but his back is to me. And I'm thinking, what in the hell is, is he is he? had a mental lapse or is he crying? What the hell's the matter? And I go over and go, Hey man, that, that wasn't cool. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and he turns towards me and says, yo, we better get the hell out of here quick. And I look down and he is pissed all over himself. There's a spot the size of a basketball in his front of his pants. <laughs> and it really, it literally pissed himself. So we kind of got hip to hip and got the hell out of there and left and went home and uh yeah that was a little disturbing and upsetting it's a great story uh legitimate they had us hooked rob wants to know who does arn consider the all-time voice of professional wrestling gordon Sully. there you go that's that's hard to argue and I don't think jr or tony will 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 not afford me that one i'm sure I think Soli was, was Jr's hero. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about that not too long ago, earlier this summer, actually. Uh, yeah, that, that's who Jr would answer. I would answer Jr just because that's who I grew up with. And I think that answer is more based on who you grew up with and you grew up with Soli. So of course he'd be your answer. It was, it was my era when I was a, a fan and to have him talking over my matches blew me away. That, and it was, it was before my ear, you know, that was my era and that's what I grew up on. And, uh, I enjoyed both the Tony and JR's work, but, uh, Gordon solely will, will be the man for me. We got a lot of, uh, good traction. So I'm going to do two more late to the nitro party says, did you and Bobby Eaton ever discuss how to not hurt someone with a top rope move? Seems like Bobby was the master of this. And you just talked about it earlier, that knee drop off the top. I mean, that's such a dangerous looking move, but Bobby did it flawlessly. You had to be in awe seeing him do that, right? Absolutely. He was the best, right? That knee looked like it absolutely crushed your larynx because he would drop it right across your neck. And if he, if he dropped it a little lower across the top part of your chest, it looked like it, you know, it caved in your sternum. It just looked incredible. Now our discussions about the top rope never existed for one reason. And one reason only, why do you think that is? I don't know. I was never going to come off the top. 
that would have been wasted conversation. I had no more business being on the top rope than the man in the moon. And if I crawled up there, it was a pretty good chance that if, that if something happened, it wasn't going to be an offensive move. I was going to get slammed off the top, drop kicked off the top. It was going to end badly. So I figured out pretty soon, forget the top rope shit, stand on the ground and draw money. Last one. This is going to be a fun one. L train writes. I always liked the promo. You cut ringside with Ric Flair, mean Gene, and the ladies quote. I'm too big and thick to play pro football. You're talking about Mongo and Kevin green, and then you do the rare side bicep pose. What a great line. We, we didn't used to see you sort of strutting that ass a little bit. You had fun with that one. Did you not? You didn't know I was a body guy underneath all this culture <laughs> bulk, did you? I found out when I got my new figure with the flesh colored yarmulke back in 90. You know, I just figured what, you know, to be, to be a body guy on top of everything else that I had going on it's would too much. just be a little bit too much. It is. So I kind of held it down a little bit. I didn't want to get all veiny and shit too. Well, you got to save some for the rest of us. And we appreciate that. You guys are certainly welcome. I'm glad to be a team player. <laughs> this has been fun. We're going to uh, keep the fun going next week. We're going to be back at you with hell in a cell 2010. We hope you guys have dug what we're putting down. October is going to be fun. Hell in a cell 2010 and bragging rights 2010. Of course, with a couple of hashtag ask, aren't anything squeezed in there. And of course, we're going to watch the old Halloween Havoc 1996, Arn's last pay-per-view match. And don't worry, in October, we've got some real fun coming your way. I'm going to make Arn sit down and watch the Chamber of Horrors from 1991, where they electrocuted Abdullah the Butcher. You want to hear some fun commentary. Arn Anderson talking about that. I want to do that today. Uh, but we can't. We're out of time today. If you've got a question for one of these hashtag ask Arn anythings, it's easy to ask. Just cruise on over, find us on Twitter at the Arn Show. Until next time, he's at the Arn Show. I'm at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. We'll see you right here on Arn. Get your Arn gear at ArnShirts.com and check out BoxaGimmicks.com, the official store of the Arn Show, where you can find gimmicks for the Arn fan in your life. New items added weekly. There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step. Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently He's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning gifts that say, I love you every single day. Backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. 
I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. What made you come to Save With Conrad in the first place? Yeah, so uh, the idea of a 30-year loan became less and less appealing to me, and I really didn't want such a black cloud looming over my head for so long. So, you know, being an avid listener of Conrad's podcast and always hearing about Save With Conrad uh, routinely, you know, I figured, you know, let's Let's give refinancing a go. You know, why not? Can't hurt anything. So really, that's pretty much it. Got put in contact with the team, and the rest is history. I actually got $97,000 knocked off of my total schedule payments from the original loan, and about five, six years um, saved. Man, I so I see here that Derek helped you out with your refinance. How was it working with Derek and the team? Oh, it was, Derek was, Derek was great. Um, and as was the team, you know, it was, such a fluid, pain-free, quick, and highly efficient process. Was there anything that we could improve in the future? Actually, I, I would. I, I have a hard time imagining any improvement. If you were to have an open mic to all our listeners, what would you tell them um, to encourage them to come to stay with Conrad? If you want some kind of pain-free, uh, quick, efficient process where you won't be going through the headaches you know, you won't feel like you're going through the motions. You won't feel like you're stuck spinning your wheels because things aren't moving as you think they should. I would highly suggest reaching out to Save with Conrad. And I mean, it's—I don't—I don't foresee anything being better. So, what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you can skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.